Now, when you think of joy, what do you think about? You think about last month. So I don't know if anybody here will get excited about this, but I'm just going to say two words, and there might be fans in this room. Atlanta Braves. Not one. Well, they were the ones jumping all over the place and having a great time because they won the World Series. Um, my team has done that 11 times, so we've celebrated 11 times, and that's for my friend in the back. Um, but you know, that's only temporary because once you do that, you got to do it again the next year. And it's not really joy in the biblical sense, is it? Super Bowl. Probably your team's not going to win this year, right? And if your team wins, you'll be excited for 20 minutes. You might brag about it a little bit, but it doesn't last forever. Um, having everything going well, plenty of money in the bank, that's joy, right? No, that's temporary too, because then you get a tire go bad and you have to replace the tire. Something happens, right? I mean, something always happens. You know, I've lived a long time and I know this. No matter what's going on in your life, there's something around the bend that's going to be another challenge. You might as well get used to it, right? Um, so what would you define joy as? I mean, there, are, there is joy in some things. I mean, there's joy in family things. There's joy in children, grandchildren, right? Those things are joyful. When the Bible talks about joy, it talks about it in a little bit of a different sense. It talks about it in the idea of something that is a part of you that circumstances cannot change. Now, the Bible doesn't give you the idea, neither will, will I today, that you can live your life without struggle because you will struggle and you will suffer. Becoming a Christian doesn't exempt you from struggling or suffering. You don't know what a day will make. You don't know what a difference will make. If someone would have told me two or three years ago that 2021 would be what I have experienced, I would have said, I don't think there's any way that could have, could have happened, but yet it did. We go through it. We go through seasons. The Bible talks about seasons. There's a time for everything. But when Jesus talks about joy, joy is something that is there through all of those different seasons. And it's not really put in context the way that we would think. Have you ever looked on social media and somebody says, if I just won a million dollars, I would do X, Y, and Z? I'm always like, that's crazy. Because you really don't know what you would do anyway. And the second thing is, you're not going to win. It's just not going to happen. That, that is just like a useless exercise. And I got to thinking about that. Even if I answered that question, what would you do if you had a million dollars? I'd say, well, I think I would probably do what I'm doing now. I do have a million dollars. I just don't have it all at the same time. And I think that's what God wants out of us is to learn to live day by day with what he gives us each step of the way. Because we like to have it all at one time and then we'll manage it. But God says, let me have it all at one time and I'll manage it for you. Now, if God's managing it for me, that gives me some, a sense of joy. Today, I want to talk about kingdom joy. A few weeks ago, I preached to you a message called Kingdom Peace. And the idea of kingdom peace is Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled. Anybody remember talking about that? 
it's a decision that you have to make. Trouble in the sense of anxiety, worry, fear, all of those things, those things don't come from God, by the way. They come from the enemy. The enemy whispers it in your ear, and when your flesh gets a hold of it, you run with it. It's just the way we are, right? I can be like that. I can wake up in the morning, and all of a sudden my mind go that way, but Jesus says take control of your thoughts. Do not let your heart be troubled. And he said, I'm giving you my peace, so you have to receive that. Well, today I want to show you what he says about joy, and we're going to call the message Kingdom Joy. So I'm going to have the scripture on the screen. We do have uh, outlines. If you don't have an outline, if you put your hand up, somebody will run and get you one as we're reading the scripture together. Last night we didn't have those out early, and I started preaching, and I said, if you have your outlines, and I could tell by the look on everybody's face that they didn't. So we took a commercial break, and we can always do that, all right? So if you need one, put your hand up, and, and uh, Mr. Bernie will, will get that to you. And then we'll get started on the message called Kingdom Joy. I'm very happy to present this to you today. It's from John chapter 15. If you have a paper Bible, you'll go ahead and open to John 15. We're going to read verses 5 through 11. Verses 5 through 11 in John chapter 15. Let's read together. Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. And he who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Did you hear what he said there? That should radically, I don't like using the word should, but I did, change our prayer life. If you abide in me, my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now here's what the human flesh would say with that, Jerry. Okay, I'm back to that million dollar question now. Can we all just agree together that there's a million dollars waiting for us next Wednesday or something like that? That's not at all what he says because he qualifies what he says in the next phrase. Look what he says. My Father is glorified by this. By what? Asking what you wish, it shall be done. My Father is glorified in this. So what is the point? That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. So that's how you abide in him. How you live in Jesus, you keep his commandments. You don't keep his commandments. You don't live in the constant surrounding of his love. He doesn't turn his back on you, but you're not aware of his constant presence. He says, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. You might be saying, but you're talking about joy. Where is it? It's in this phrase. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you. Whose joy? It's his joy. It's coming from the outside and it comes inside. And he has spoken these things so that which is on the outside can come on the inside. You don't have to win the lottery to get joy. You don't have to have a better job to get joy. 
Every time I say joy, I'm conscious that joy is sitting right over here. She's like, this is my best message I've ever heard. <laughs> so I go ahead and say that because I knew I was going to eventually, all right? <laughs> Jesus spoke it so that what is on the outside can come inside. You don't have to do anything else but receive that from the outside and it'll come inside. It's a supernatural thing that happens to you. You do not have to work hard to get joy. It's a gift. But there is something about how this is attained. Now, let me give you a little bit of background. When Jesus says, I'm the vine, the disciples understood something about what he was saying. Israel was spoken of as a vine in the Old Testament. Israel considered themselves to be the vine. And the language here in the Greek, is Jesus is literally saying, I am the true vine. I am the, I'm the, I'm the true vine. And he was making a distinction between him and Israel. And when he gives this story, he's talking about Israel. He said, you guys are just like branches that have been cast aside. You're not good for anything. They were devoid of fruit. Israel had no fruit at all. Israel was a religious system and they knew the word, but they didn't practice it. And instead of Israel having the joy of the Lord, they were professional religious grumps. And so Jesus is like, you're just cast out. You're no good. See, a branch, Jesus said, that is not bearing fruit was good for nothing. Nothing. The only thing it's good for is to be burned. It can't be used for furniture a building, it couldn't even be used for a peg in the wall to hang something on. It was useless. And I want to talk to you about that today. Because as we connect the ideas that Jesus gives us, we're going to get to the place where joy can be a part of our life. And in your notes, we'll go into ver uh, point number one. Point number one is this. The purpose of the vine and branches is fruit bearing. Jesus gives the illustration of the vine and the branches, and we're going to talk about purpose because the purpose is fruit-bearing, period. Some people might say, I wish I knew my purpose. If you are in Christ Jesus, the purpose for why you are still alive is fruit-bearing. Jesus said, said it like this, apart from me, you can't do anything. Apart from Jesus, your purpose cannot be fulfilled. Apart from him. Let me go down a side, road, a side road here for a moment and talk about purpose for a minute. Purpose is the reason for which something exists. Purpose is the reason for which something exists. It's, it's the why. Most of us here have cars. Cars have a specific purpose. What is it? To transport to get you to work, to get you to church. Cars need gasoline to function, but the car was not created to go to the gas station, even though nowadays, yes, and often. The car is created to take us where we need to go, and you have a purpose, and if you don't know what your purpose is, then you don't know why you exist. The purpose is fruit bearing. Another thing about purpose, your purpose is connected to your abilities. 
Your purpose is connected to your abilities. There's a reason why you were born and God gave you specific abilities. When you saw this team up here today, you see people who have been given specific abilities and they use their abilities for the purpose for why God created them in worship. God gave me the, the gift to do what I do on a guitar. I can play a guitar. You put it in front of me, I can figure it out. If it's got strings, I can figure it out unless it makes me use one of the little funny bowl things. Right, Richard? Don't put me on the cello. It will be ugly. But this is pretty easy. The bass guitar, I can do that. I can do keys. I can do that stuff. It's just like I almost can see music. I don't know how to describe it, but I can't. That's a gift that God gave me. Maybe he didn't give that to you. But it would be useless for me to try to take the gift that he did give me and try to do something that I'm not equipped to do. You do not want me working on your computer. You don't want me working on your car. I don't understand that. You give me a wrench, and I want to know where you plug it in. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. But this does. And the point that I'm trying to make is, why do you exist? If you don't have the gift of music, don't worry about it. That's not why God created you. But you do have a purpose, and you got to find that out. See, your purpose is connected to your abilities. A lawnmower works well as a lawnmower, but it is a terrible long-distance transporter. I'm not going on vacation on your riding lawnmower. I don't care how good it is. A wheelbarrow is not a wheelchair. Can't function that way. And you cannot heat your house with hair dryers, even though some of you might have tried. You're trying to use something outside of its designated purpose. And many people probably spend their life trying to live according to a purpose that's really not theirs. I can tell you this. Are you Christians today? If you're a Christian today, God has given you specific abilities for the purpose of bearing fruit. That's it. And I will say this to you, if you never get around to that part of your, of your life, you're not going to live a very purposeful or joyful life. Let me say it again. Another way to say it is purpose plus ability equals success. Purpose plus ability equals success. Success. When you don't live according to your purpose, then you find yourself frustrated and you find yourself trying to do things that you're not equipped to do or even trying to find joy because really sometimes what we're just trying to do is trying to find some joy so we can get through the next day. Trying to find a reason to live. So sometimes we spend a lot of time looking for some kind of pleasure or, you know, maybe we're just trying to get ahead in this world or, or some kind of something that's going to make me be able to deal with the pain of living. Because we all need that, don't we? We all need joy. But ladies and gentlemen, none of us in this room was created just to live for pleasure. We were not created just to make money. We were not created in order to get ahead in this world. This world is passing away, ladies and gentlemen. We were created for the next world. 
and to bear fruit so that those in this world can come to know the one from the next world so that they can come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. This is why we're here. And this is why we have a church. We have a church so we can come together, we can hear the word, we can receive the word, we can apply the word, and we can move out of this place and bear fruit so that people can know who Jesus Christ is. Because the people you and I bump into every day will never know who Jesus is unless you or I take Jesus to them. And the way you do that is you bear fruit because when you bear fruit, it's his fruit. And it's the way he is revealed through your life. I'll say it like this. And my English is bad and the English teacher last night straightened me out. But it's like this. Purposeless equals useless which equals joyless. When people live in a situation where they don't live by their purpose, there's no purpose in their life, then there's no usefulness in their life. You say, how do you prove that? Jesus just said that. It's his purpose that you bear fruit. If you don't, you're just like a branch. You're good for nothing. It doesn't mean your value is not good. It means your usefulness is no good. Don't ever hear me say or thank you hear, hear me say that Jesus doesn't love everyone in this room. Jesus loves everyone in this room unconditionally. That's just the way it is. But our life can be expressed in a way that's not very useful before him. And when you're not being used by God, the joy in your life is just not there. I see it. The Pharisees and Sadducees of Israel were not joyful people. They were professional grumps. And many people in the world now who profess Jesus Christ as Savior are anything but joyful. Because, and many reasons could be this, but I'm just saying it like this. If you're not living according to your purpose, purposeless living will dry up your usefulness and your life is literally a branch that has nothing to show for it and nobody wants that. I had coffee with one of my good buddies. He's a Saturday night attender. He's here last night. He moved up here from Florida because he wanted to be a part of the church. Isn't that, isn't that something? He was a member of my church in Tennessee. He moved to Texas, got married, and moved to Florida, and now he's here, and he's building a house in Kentucky, and he's going to be a part of our ministry here, and he's here at 3D Life Recovery, and he's here on Saturday night, and he's here on Wednesday and he's been a friend of mine for 30 years, one of the best friends I've ever had in my life. And I was having coffee with him, which every, I mean, that's almost fruit bearing, having coffee, right? And we're talking, and I'm, I'm like, when did you decide to become a builder? He said his brother taught him that, and ever since he was a teenager, he's a builder. He likes to build. He said there's something about building something and taking a step back and looking at it and say, that's nice. And I think that's true. Everybody in this room, take a look up here. You know who did that? People from your church did that. That's nice, isn't it? I mean, here in Metropolis on 3rd Street, you know, we're a small church in a small town, but we've got excellent servants here. And they came up, I think it took them two or three days to just come here and do this. Just wonderful. It looks nice, doesn't it? But well, do you realize that when you bear the fruit of the Spirit that Jesus is talking about, God Almighty looks down and says, that's nice. God's wanting fruit from your life. That made sense to me. 
Point number two, let's, let's move on. Fruit is born on the branch, but the power is in the vine. It's born on the branch, but the power is in the vine. Can I tell you something? Listen, do not sit here today and say, okay, I'm going to concentrate real hard to bear fruit. You don't have to do that. All you have to do is connect to Christ. That's all you have to do. Something I've learned in the last few years, I used to preach and say things like this. God calls us to love everybody, and some people are easier to love than others. Most people would, get, would grin and say, you know, that's right. But I can tell you something that's true. It's really not the hardest thing to do. It's not that hard to love everybody. It's really not. You say, well, there's grumpy people in the world, yeah. There's mean people in the world, yeah. There's evil in the world, yeah. But according to the Bible, we don't fight against them. We fight against the, the enemy. And God calls us to love people. You know what? If you love people... It just kind of comes out of you. Somebody needs something, you help them. Somebody needs to talk to you, you listen. It's just not that hard. You see somebody out somewhere that needs some help, you help them. It's not that difficult. You might say, well, I just cannot love people like I ought to. Well, then what you need to do is connect to Christ. And when that, some of that love from Christ comes through the vine, there's no way you're not going to love people. It's impossible to be right with Jesus and not love others. Forget it. It's impossible. But it sure is possible to be connected to Jesus and just let it flow through to others. It's one of the best parts of being a Christian, to be honest with you. The power is in the vine. It's in Jesus. You don't have to do that. If you're sitting here today and say, you know what? I'm going to be very honest. I just don't love people like I ought to. Good. Admit it. Admit it, confess it, come to Christ and say, Christ, change me. And you'll find his power can do that. Number three, fruit bearing comes from our connection with Christ. It comes from our connection with Christ. It's kind of a moot point. That's what I just spoke about. But I want to make sure I nail that down to you. That when you're connected to him, things change inside of you. And situations change because of you. I mean, last week, it was Saturday night, 3D Life Recovery was going on, or 3D Ministry Weekend. We had 3D Ministry Weekend. Jordan Strong came up and gave her story and basically put it out there that it doesn't matter where you've been or who you are, Jesus Christ loves you and the power of Jesus Christ can change your life. And then Saturday night, Kelly Jennings comes up and he gives the invitation and he's just throwing the net out there. He starts to pray, and before he's done, there's a man that comes forward, and he's just broken under the power of God and gives his life to Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus did all of that, but Jesus used people like her and like him and like the worship team and like the media team and the folks who greet people and the folks who make things at the, at, at, in, the, in the office and things in the, in the coffee shop God uses all of that and fruit comes, but it all comes from him. Number four, fruit bearing glorifies the Father. It glorifies the Father. When people see that, we glorify the Father. Who saved that man last week? It wasn't me. Kelly Jennings could not save him. I cannot save him. I can't save anybody in this room. 
And I can't change your life. I can't change your heart. But I know somebody who can. And I can speak his word. And I can bear his fruit. And if you take a little bit of that fruit, you're going to find your life gets changed. Fruit bearing is kingdom joy. It's joy. When we bring the baptism out here in a few weeks, we've got some scheduled to be baptized. When we do that, you know what this room's going to do? We're going to see people sit there in the water and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. And then we're going to immerse them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And they're going to come up and this room's going to erupt in joy. Because fruit bearing is kingdom joy. There's nothing like being a part of what God is doing and participating in the, in the ministry of Jesus Christ. There's nothing like sharing the gospel with somebody and seeing their life change. There's nothing like being a part of something that sees life change. The lady that's going to speak tonight, the last time I heard, she was eight months clean. Eight months, ladies and gentlemen. That's amazing tonight. We live in a town where people are hopeless and walking everywhere and they have no hope in the world, but yes, there is hope in Jesus Christ. And because some people get together and say, we're going to worship God and we're going to work the ministry and we're going to serve God and we're going to do something outside the ordinary and we're going to give our time and we're going to pray and we're going to share together, people's lives are changing. If we want our city to change, it's coming through the power of Jesus and that's got to come through you. You can say amen. That's a good place right there. Fruit bearing is kingdom joy. Why is it we have no joy? We're not bearing the fruit, perhaps. There are three characteristics of fruit I want to talk about. Confession time, Gary. I borrowed this. I, I could say stole, but somebody would say thou shalt not steal. I borrowed this from Tony Evans. In his study Bible, I was reading this from John 15, and he gave this, and I just can't help it. I have to share it. There are three characteristics, three characteristics of fruit. That's easy to say, right? First, fruit reflects the character of the tree. Fruit reflects the character of the tree. Y'all see this fruit up here? Does anybody know what this is? What did it come from? It didn't come from an orange tree. It didn't come from an apple tree. Did it? Didn't come from a fig tree. The apples didn't come from the orange tree. The fruit reflects the character of the tree. Well, what is the character of the tree that we're talking about? What is the character of Christ that we're talking about? Fruit bearing is not just so much about seeing, you know, some type of result. Results happen, but I'm going to say that results happen when the characteristic of Christ comes through our life and people get to know Christ because they see it, see him exemplified in us. Let's look at the scripture. Galatians chapter 5. Now, I'll tell you, last night, for some reason, we got the wrong scripture up there. I was reading Galatians 5, and they had Genesis 5, and it had to do with Methuselah, so everybody was like, you know, thought something was wrong with me. So if anybody is reading Methuselah, you're reading the wrong scripture. This is Galatians 5. It says the fruit. You see the word fruit? Say fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. Now, when we say Spirit, understand Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's the nature of God. 
This is the nature of God. And so the fruit that Jesus is talking about is the fruit of the Spirit. It's love. This is not good. Let's do this together. Ready? Go. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Stay right there, guys. Don't move it yet. Go on back. I want you to look at it real, real good. If somebody was talking about you, would these things come to mind? I mean, think about it. Somebody says, well, I'm not very loving. I need to be more loving. That's not the point. It's not your love. It's his fruit. You understand that? You connect with Christ. His power brings that love through to your life. That's how that works. Joy, peace, patience, patience. Anybody want to say help? I'll try it again. Anybody want to say help? <laughs> Kindness. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to talk about this, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's only 11.06. I got three, four minutes, right? You know what the Bible says about love? The Bible doesn't say love is a feeling. Do you all get this? Now, if you love, you do have feelings, of course. But love, more than anything, is a decision. 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. Love is kind. didn't say love is euphoria. Love is patient. Love is kind. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Put the next one there, bro, or sister, whoever's up there. Say it with me. Gentleness, self-control. Self-control, anyone say help? Anybody say oops? Some of you said it. Against such things there is no law. This reflects the character of the tree. What kind of person was Jesus? All of these things. But I am not that way in my natural state. Amen? Are you saying amen that I'm not that way or saying amen that you're not that way? Thank you. <laughs> Worship team is saying both. I guess they've been around me in practice. So this reflects the character of the, of the tree. Secondly, the fruit we bear, let's see, is the character of Christ. The fruit is also visible. Is visible. Has anyone ever told you, man, you've changed? I'm talking about in a positive way. We don't have to do much to stay in a negative way, do we? It comes natural to us, doesn't it? The fruit is visible. You see it, right? See it? Last, the fruit is for the benefit of others. It's for the benefit of others. Some people think, I'm going to get the Holy Spirit and it's going to be something great for me. You've missed the point. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit indwells your life, period. End of story. You might say, well, I don't know he's there very often. You can work on that. Stay connected to Christ. The power comes through you. The fruit is for the benefit of others. Let me give you a point. 
What is this? Anybody want an apple? I, I threw it up in the, in the booth last night. They're telling me no. Did I do it last night or not? You know what they, I want you to do it again. You know what they're telling they, I could just see me hitting that camera. Can you see online, watching it, boom, it goes off. You want an apple? Want an apple, Jack? Can you catch it? Anybody? Can you catch it, Levi? Jordan, please forgive me if I hit you. <laughs> See, if you say it beforehand, it's easier, you know. Come on, Samuel, you need one for the road, right? Anybody? Can you catch it? Jordan, hit the deck. Yeah. It's a little tougher to get the banana out. I would throw the banana, but I think it's a boomerang. It'll come back. Somebody else had to end up. Jordan? Now, not many people are refusing me this morning. Gary, can you catch? If I hit Miss Donna, I'm dead. <laughs> then, the, then the fruit of the Spirit has gone away, buddy. My joy is gone. Miss Donna, if I hit you, remember I wore a tie just for you today. Don't take me outside and beat me. If you all see her beating me, please. I know what you guys will do. Well, we're going to pray for you. I know what you guys will do. What is the point of all this? Why am I doing this? Because when it comes to this kind of stuff, buddy, I would hit somebody short. But if you come here in the middle, I'll toss it to you, buddy. Come on. I want you all to notice something. Nobody had to talk him into doing this. Look at that. Do you know why? Because he sees something of value and he's like, yeah, I want one. When you're bearing fruit, you don't have to convince people to receive what you have. They just want it. Everybody in the world wants love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. Did I get them all? Where's the Bible school people? Did I get them all? But that's true. You know what I did last night? I had to go back to the store this morning to get more because everybody ate my fruit. I was done. I'm walking around. People are grabbing it. And you know why? Because you don't have to convince people to take something that's good. We're like, oh, how can we get people to come to the church or to change their life or what? You just connect to the vine. You produce the fruit. People's going to want it. Does that make sense to you? Let me give you the last three thoughts, okay? We all know that there's kingdom joy in salvation, right? Anybody ever been saved? Anybody ever been saved? Did you get the joy of the Lord when you got saved? Did you or not? Amen? Joy of the Lord when we got saved. But sometimes we think, okay, that's all. I sit down. And that's why the joy tends to go away. So the next step is there's the joy of the Lord in sanctification. Big, big, big word. Let me explain it to you. Sanctification is the Greek word, hagiosmos. It means to be changed from the inside out. And whenever we change, there's joy in that. Just like a child. A child loves it when you say, my, how you've grown. They're just like, yeah. And they didn't even make it happen. It just happened. With my kids, I never did say, I command you to grow. 
Never works like that. But you know what they do? They eat all the time. When I was, when I was raising the kids in Tennessee, we didn't go to the grocery store. We just went to the craft store and had them bring the truck out with the boxes and just load it in. But they ate and they just grew. They were connected to, to us and they grew. And you don't have to do that. There's joy in sanctification. The last one I want you to know is there's joy in service. We got a lot to do, guys. 2022 is almost here. In one more week, we're going to be singing, Oh, come let us adore him. It's Christmas time. Somebody said they wanted to sing, uh, Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Wouldn't you love for John Willis to sing that? All in favor? <laughs> I, never thought, I never thought the mayor would approve of something that we're doing here. I figured he'd drop it. He's a Cub fan, you know, but yeah, he did. He caught it. Oh, sorry. There went, there went my, good, uh, my good capital just went right out the door. What's another one? Uh, run, run, Rudolph. We're going to have some fun. It's going to be Christmas time. Invite somebody, all right? Invite somebody to come Tuesday night. That's not hard to do. Find somebody that could use some friendship, fellowship during the holidays because sometimes people are really suffering. They're alone. Nobody has to be alone this holiday. The church is open for business, and we're here for the business of the king, and we're going to serve people in the name of Jesus. Amen? Y'all receive the word?